Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. 26th of September, 1983, Stanislav Petrov sat at his desk in front of a computer and a telephone when a red light started to flash. As he looked at his computer screen, he saw the one word he would have least wanted to see in big red letters, the word launch. It implied that the US had sent over some intercontinental ballistic missiles towards the Soviet Union an act that would have probably caused an all-out nuclear war between the Soviet Union and the United States. It was Petrov's job, as he was on duty, to pick up the telephone and tell his superiors so that they could act as quickly as possible. But as minute and minute passed, Petrov decided to stay silent. There was something within him that just didn't feel right. These missiles were probably only 20 minutes away, every minute counted, and yet he decided not to make the call. Instead, he decided to have a look at the computer uh, system to make sure that there wasn't an error. And it was because of this, because he decided to stay silent, that there was no nuclear war. It turned out that the sun was just reflecting on some inconveniently placed clouds. They reckon it was the closest that the Soviet Union and the United States got to nuclear war. In an interview in 2013, he said before he died that he had about 23 minutes to act, and it was only after that 23 minutes that he realised he'd made the right call. It was a call that changed history as we know it. He also said in that interview in 2013 this, There were no rules about how long we were allowed to think before we reported a strike. Words, or maybe even not saying words, can be incredibly powerful. When we think of superheroes or people who saved the world, we often think of people of action, people who did something or said something at just the right time. I think this story says something far more powerful, that it can actually be words that we decide not to say that can perhaps be even more influential. Words are incredibly powerful. I know this in my life, the times where I've got in most trouble have been the times where I've opened my mouth before I've thought. Uh, I've had some incredibly embarrassing moments, maybe you have as well. And in my experience, when I look at times where families or friends there's just been so much destruction, often it's come about because of something that somebody's said, whether it has been family disunity or disagreements between friends or a job loss or children and young people who have had something said to them that's caused a deep, uh, hurtful wound. These moments happen because of the words that people say. I often think of words as like a big bucket of razor blades. We can use razor blades really carefully at the right time, and they can be really useful for a long period. But if we just start throwing them everywhere, it's only a matter of time before we hurt ourselves and we hurt other people around us. And of course, you know this. I mean, think about the insecurities that you might have, whether it's something that you worry other people think of you or whatever it could be. That insecurity probably came along at some point because of something that somebody once said, maybe a parent. And the times where it is most influential and most difficult over your life, it's probably because of a triggering word or sentence or phrase that somebody might say to you. Words are incredibly 
powerful. And I mean, how good would it be if we could go back in time and just erase some of the stuff that we've said or others have said? If we could literally go back and take back the words we once said? I mean, think of the amazing consequences that could have. Think of all the, the lowered divorce rates. Think about the unified families. Think about the healthy environments children could grow up in. Think about how less divisive politics could be. Think for a moment how easy job interviews could be or first dates could be. Words are powerful, and when we get them wrong, they can be disruptive. And unfortunately, we can't take them back. How good would it be if all of the words that everybody spoke in your life were thought through and carefully considered? If everyone took a chapter of Petrov's book where they decided that in heated moments there is no rule that makes them say something in the heat of the moment before they have a chance to think about it. Being careful over what we say is helpful advice, but it's more than that. I mean, it is helpful advice. If you go to any well-known self-help book, maybe a bestseller, then chances are it will probably say something about how we use our words. But the way in which we use our words is far greater than that. In fact, I would say that the way we use our words and the ability even to speak is profoundly spiritual. When you look through the story of God's relationship with people, we find this all over the place. I mean, think about the creation story, for example. God speaks the world into existence. And then the first sin, when everything goes wrong with Adam and Eve and the serpent, it's because of a conversation. It's because of a lie that is said that ultimately leads to disruption. And then when you look at how God decides to speak to his people, he often raises up other prophets, other people to speak on his behalf to kings and to nations. And then, of course, Jesus. What's fascinating about Jesus, one of the many things is that we don't really know much about his physical look and his physical abilities, but we do know that he was an amazing teacher, an amazing speaker, an amazing storyteller, and that he spoke to the winds and the seas and they obeyed him. Words are incredibly powerful. We also find in some of the letters that were written 2,000 years ago to the early church a whole bunch of instructions, many containing instructions about how we're supposed to speak. We find this all over the place, but one example is in the letter to the Ephesians. Uh, it was written uh, by a guy called Paul uh, to this city, Ephesus, that you can find in modern-day Turkey. And this is what it says. Everything and I do mean everything, connected with that old life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. What Paul is saying is, if you want to buy into this new storyline that Jesus makes available for you, there's going to be a difference in the way that you live. I mean, your old life is like an old, nasty, ugly filter that the world has put on you. That's going to have to be stripped off. Character traits, behaviours, habits. And it's almost going to be like you're living the life that you were always intended to live. But then Paul goes on to say something fascinating. One of the first things that he says you're going to have to start focusing on are the words that you speak. This is what he says. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down whilst you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. The first thing that Paul focuses on when talking about how we're supposed to be living this new life that Jesus makes available for us is to focus on the things that we say. I mean, don't manipulate or exaggerate. Don't rumour or gossip into the ears of others or maybe on that WhatsApp group. I think despite the mouth being so powerful with the explosion of social media and technology and the internet and email, it's almost like each one of our fingers has also got a mouth to it. We are now 10 times more powerful with our ability to speak than we once were because of the invention of these things. So we've got to be careful with the way in which we speak. James puts it brilliantly. He says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's almost like advice that precedes what Petrov said about how in a heated moment there's no rule about the time you're allowed to think and consider before you respond. In this letter to the Ephesians, Paul continues, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I think if there was one thing that I would want everybody to remember and commit to memory, it would be this verse. Let's read it again and maybe read it out loud with the people you are with. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Hey, if you're somebody who wants to follow Jesus, Paul says, there's worse ways to spend your time than to think about the way in which you speak to others. It's almost like saying the more we filter what we say, the less likely we are to have to have a filter over what people see. I'll say that again. As we become more deliberate in the words that we say, and as we learn to filter more of what we say, we'll find that we have lives that we have to filter less from what people see. Think about that for a moment. It's almost like nobody stays up at night worrying that people are going to find out that you told the truth. Nobody has to guard or protect honesty and integrity. The filter can be removed by filtering what we say. One of my favourite quotes comes from Dr. Viktor Frankl. I've shared it before. He was a concentration camp survivor and a psychologist. And he writes this. At any moment, man must decide, for better or for worse, what will be the monument of his existence. We can't change the things that we've already said, but we can decide on the thing that we're going to say next. It's almost like with every word we say, we create a statue, a monument that lasts forever that people can come and observe and see. You have to decide what that monument looks like next. Think about the people who are counting on you to get this right, whether it's family, friends, colleagues. Who are the people that are going to be subject to the words that you say? You must decide what your next monument, your next word looks like. An exercise to help you with this, and I'd love everybody to do this, maybe commit to this as a household, the people that you're sitting with now. What I would love you to do is get a piece of paper or a diary or uh, something that you're going to look at regularly and maybe put it on the fridge. And I want you to draw three lines down that piece of paper, have three different columns. And at the top of each column, I want you to write the following. In the first one, I want you to write this. Things that I was glad that I said today. In the second column, things that I want to say tomorrow. And three, things that were perhaps better unsaid. Things I was glad I said today. Things that I would like to say tomorrow. 
things that were perhaps better unsaid. Maybe every evening, just spend five minutes considering what you could write down in each of these columns. As you become more deliberate in the things that you say and more careful about the words that you speak, you might find that God is speaking to you in ways that he hasn't done before, or perhaps even using you in ways that he hasn't been able to before. As we become more deliberate in the words that we say, and as we learn to filter more of what we say, we'll find that we have lives that we have to filter less from what people see. Go out, encourage one another, build each other up. This use of word thing is incredibly powerful. Words are powerful and you have that power. Maybe it's time to go no filter. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.